Hi, I'm Sean. And I'm Sarah. And, and we're, we're the Stevensons. I'm a pastor to kids. And I'm actually a librarian by day, so this episode feels weirdly like my day job. And, and this, this is, is the Kidman Creatives Podcast. Hey, Kidman Creatives. So today on the podcast, we are talking about all things books. We are looking at what books we like to read with the kids in our ministries, as well as what books make great recommendations for families to have in their homes. Yeah, there are so many good books out there, and it can be hard to find time to read them all, speaking from experience. (laughs) So we're going to give you some of our quick top fives in a few different categories. But first, Sean, I have to know, what was your favorite book when you were a kid? Ooh, that is a great question. So being that I like interactive things and interactive (laughs) books, I loved the book called The Monster at the End of This Book, starring Grover from (laughs) Sesame Street. It was this book where you had to like turn the pages, but not turn the pages because Grover was breaking the fourth wall and talking (laughs) to you and telling you that you know, there's a monster at the end of this book, so stop turning pages. I loved it. I thought it was so funny, and I just died laughing every single time I read it. So that was my favorite as a kid. But what was your favorite as a kid, Sarah? Yeah, so that's interesting that interactive books were what got you, because I was all about the illustrations and, like, the art. So anything sparkly or fun, I was into it. So my favorite book was actually Rainbow Fish, which is a story about a fish, obviously, that has beautiful scales and ultimately ends up sharing their beautiful scales with all their friends. So it's a cool message, but also it was really, like, shiny scales and it was fun to look at. So I actually remember my librarian was like, maybe you should check out some other books, Sarah, because I would like just repeat, check it out over and over and over again because I really loved it. So anyway. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, okay, so we use a lot of books in our children's ministry all the time, especially in our nursery and preschool areas. We've used books every now and then in our elementary aged area, but usually around just Christmas time, it's not as much as we do with the younger kids. Mm. We have a bookshelf in our preschool room and in our nursery area that leaders can choose books from or kids can go look through the books as well. And so we love stocking books in those two areas especially. So you might be thinking, okay, well that sounds nice to have books, but we have no money. We have no budget to buy books. So here are a couple creative ideas for you to try if you are looking to find books for your ministries but are are have a low budget. So number one, ask the families in your church to donate one book per family to the preschool or the nursery library. You know, there are a lot of families who are able to buy one book. Make a wish list of books on Amazon or on a christianbook.com website and give that link out to families so they can go look through, see if there's a book that they want to purchase for your church library, and then they can purchase it right then and there. A lot of people are really excited to be able to buy one book like that for the church. So that is a great way to do this, especially now that it's around Christmas time. Mm -hmm. You can make a Christmas book wish list for your church nursery or preschool and then pass it out to families to be able to buy books for you. 
Yeah, another option that you could do is take that list and go visit your local used bookstore. So this can take a little extra time. You sometimes have to hunt a little bit, but and you might find one book from a series at one time and another visit, find another one. But this can be a really great way to find books at a discount or cheaper than, than the normal on the, you know, on the bookshelf price. So typically, if we buy from a used bookstore, we don't necessarily buy books for our preschool or nursery like the the books that are going to get chewed on. Uh, (laughs) But we do tend to buy like our picture books and those kinds of things we look for at used bookstores. With used books, you might be wondering if you can disinfect books. And this is an age-old question that librarians often get. You know, what do you do with the books when they're checked out and returned? This happens at libraries all the time. So there are really only a few options because books, you know, paper can be damaged by liquids or disinfectants really easily. UV light's not great for pages. It'll make the colors fade and all that. So really the best options are to wipe. You can wipe covers with Lysol wipes eventually if it's like a paper-based cover it will sort of fade a little bit but that can disinfect them a little bit and the other option is to quarantine your books so if you have the room used on Sundays you have time in between usage usually before the next week where the germs will kind of die off Um, we are not experts in germs or diseases but these are just some general principles to follow but one thing I will say is books are for use that is a principle that libraries abide by and I believe in. So, you know, it doesn't, you don't need to keep your library or your church collection in pristine condition. You want to see the kids interact with them and use them. It's an important part of their development. So um, that's just something to keep in mind. Like it can be tempting to want to like maintain their condition forever, but you really want to see see kids use them. So now we're going to be counting down some top five books in a few different categories. So our first category is our top five board book series for the nursery. So these are really books that we're considering for those ages like zero to two, that those kids are not reading it themselves. They're having it read to them. They are probably not even totally paying attention to the entire book, (laughs) but they may catch some piece of it. So here are five board book series for the nursery. Number five. The Frolic Little Steps Big Faith series. So there are a ton of books in this series, and each one is kind of based around a set of animals. There's like a sheep and a goat and a dog and a dove, and these animals all have different names, and they're all carried throughout all the books in the series. Each book is really simple. They're board books that are based around one idea. So like one of them is called Pray to God, and it's a whole book about prayer. There's only a few words on every page and lots of bright, colorful pictures of the animals. So kids will love just looking at the pages. There's other ones about everyone gets upset, and it talks about what to do when you feel upset. And there's other ones about how God made all of us, how God made feelings. There's tons in this series. You can find these through their publisher. 
at their website, wearesparkhouse.org. And we're going to be putting all the links to these books in the show notes for this episode. So you'll be able to go look those up for yourself. But these are a great series of books that have animals that are really cute and fun for little kids to be able to follow along and learn about simple things like praying to God or feelings. Number four is the Night Night series by Amy Parker. These are a great board book series that have kind of a foam cover and they talk about different animals in different environments and you know after a day of fun they go to sleep and God is watching over them and they are safe, they're loved and cared for. So these are just kind of a cute uh, board book that introduces kids to different animals that God has made and um, you know saying goodnight to them. It's very cute. (laughs) So number three is the God Made series by Sarah Jean Collins and I absolutely love this series. It again is about different environments that God has made and each book focuses on a different one. So there's a God made the world, God made the ocean, God made the rainforest and each of these books are beautifully illustrated and they help kids learn about the different animals that live in those environments and just what those places look like. So it's just a fun read to help kids explore the world God's made. Number two is the Baby Believer series. I love these books as well. I really just love all books, but (laughs) let's be real. But this book series is a fun board book series that goes through some different um, topics within our faith. So there's a book on Holy Week and the emotions that we have during Holy Week talks about um, what happened on that day and uses a single word to describe it and shares a little bit with the kids about what took place then. There's also Bible Basics, which is a counting book. So there's also a movement book. So I, what I love about these books is that they are interactive with the kids and um, help them to not only learn something from scripture, but also it incorporates counting, movement, all kinds of things to help kids develop as well. So they're really great series. And then our number one favorite board book for the nursery is... Frolic Bible Babies. Bible Babies. (laughs) This book, we've talked about it before, but literally I can't even get over it. This book is so much fun and it goes through all the different stories throughout scripture where there are babies like Isaac from Abraham and Sarah, or there's baby Moses <laughs> from, you know, Pharaoh's daughter finding him in the basket. There's Samuel where Hannah prays for a baby and then Samuel is born and she's thankful and it goes through all the way up to Jesus. And I love this book. The illustrations are great. All the characters have these really great big eyes that just draw <laughs> you in. And it's just, it's you'll look at it and you'll be ridiculously like, cute. This is ridiculously cute. That's the best way to describe it. So these are a great one to add to your nursery library. So moving on to our next category, Sarah. Christmas! It is almost Christmas time. So it's time for our top five favorite Christmas books. And these really kind of can float between nursery or preschool, like up to that five-year-old age, even a little bit into early elementary, like a six-year-old, seven-year-old. So without further ado, our favorite top five Christmas books for your church. 
Yes. Number five is Baby Jesus is Sleeping by Lisa Ton Bergen. Now, we love a good nativity story. And this one is a little board book. And it walks through the nativity story and little baby Jesus asleep with his mom and dad. And it's just really cute. It's all these little animals and they're being told to be quiet because baby Jesus is sleeping. It's very cozy Christmas, but it does kind of give the the little story of the nativity along with it. So number four is called The Christmas Quest by Janet Surrett. And this book... I love it because I love camels. And this <laughs> book is all about the wise men story. And so it includes a lot of drawings of camels, which, you know, are my favorite animal. So I absolutely love this one. It rhymes. So it's kind of a fun one to read out loud. And the illustrations are a lot of fun as it follows the story of the wise men traveling to find Jesus, following the star, and has a lot of great funny pictures of like sheep and the camels doing yeah, funny things. Yeah, it's almost like a cartoonish illustration style, like the way that it's laid out. It's super fun. Yeah, there's a lot of great parts to this book. So this is definitely a good one that can come after, you know, you've gone through December 25th and you're talking about the wise men, maybe closer to Three Kings Day or Epiphany. And you can read this one to the kids in your preschool or nursery, The Christmas Quest. Number three is Tiny Blessings for a Merry Christmas by Amy Parker and illustrated by Sarah Walsh. Now, I, again, love this book because it is such a fun illustration style. You'll notice it has kind of torn paper and just like the way that it's designed is really fun. It's hard to describe, so you'll just have to look it up. Um, (laughs) But the other part that I love about it is that it focuses on, you know, a blessing for Christmas and as you're thinking about, you know, gathering with loved ones around the table and dreaming dreams about Christmas and just giving thanks. That's kind of how it ends is giving thanks for all the things that we have and the blessings in our life. So it's just a, a nice reflective book for Christmas that you can read with kids to help them think about how, you know, God has given us good things. And now the number two top five Christmas books I love this book, Sarah. In fact, when I first (laughs) read it, I read a lot of these books standing in the store. I was reading through all of the books and trying to find good ones to add to our preschool area. And I read this one called The Silent Noisy Night by (laughs) Jill Roman Lord. And silent is crossed off on the book cover because this book takes you through the birth of Jesus through the eyes of all the animals who might have been around Jesus at his birth. So it goes through all these different sounds that animals make, and it really can be a great way for kids. You can have them make the sounds as you go through, like it talks about the cows mooing, the horses neighing, the goats bleeding. And of course, it also includes my favorite animal, camels. Camels. Who do some snorting and what, cheering. I was going to say, what sound do the, do the camels make? <laughs> they make some snorting and cheering noises. <laughs> but I love this book because at the end, it brings it all around 
to talking about celebrating the birth of Christ and how when we hear about the birth of Jesus, we shouldn't keep it to ourselves, but we should make some noise about it. So this book, I love it. I love the message of it. I think it's so fun and so great. And it's a really good one for interaction with kids as you read it to them. They can follow along, make all the animal sounds as you go through the book and look at all the fun pictures. So that is our number two book of the top five Christmas books. And now, Nisera, for our number one. Number one. This one is a little bit of an underdog, pun intended, (laughs) (laughs) because this book, I found it this year, and it is probably my new favorite Christmas book for kids. And it is called Coco's Cranky Christmas, (laughs) illustrated by Beth Hughes. I I can't even begin to describe to you how much fun this book is to read. It's all about a little cranky dog <laughs> that is missing his Christmas joy. And so the kids are trying to help him cheer up at Christmas time. And you have the kids do all kinds of funny things. Like at one point, they make a silly face at the dog. At another one, they have to walk the book to the other side of the room and back. They have to bark jingle bells at the book, or they have to clap their hands, or they have to turn the book upside down, and all these different things. And it leads all the way to how Coco cheers up for Christmas, which I won't give away. You'll have to find the book and read it for yourself. But this (laughs) is my favorite book right now for Christmas because it's so funny and it's so interactive and super clever. Because remember, I love interactive books. And this one is a great interactive one for kids at Christmas time. We go for either illustrations or interactive. I think that's the theme here. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So, Sarah, we're on to our last top five, our top five book series for preschool. Okay. All right, Sean, what's number five? Number five. Now, this book series is one that I grew up with. So I'm not going to lie. There's a bit of a nostalgia factor here for me, (laughs) but I love these books. And it is a book series called Adam Raccoon by Glenn Keane. These books are super fun. They're really well illustrated. Glenn Keane, he was a Disney animator who left Disney and created these books to sell, and they're all parables from the life of Christ. So there's a character who's a lion in the books who represents Jesus, and Adam is this raccoon who represents us. Gets into shenanigans. Gets into all kinds of shenanigans that King Aaron, the lion, has to rescue him from. And so it's a great book series through a lot of different adventures that Adam Raccoon goes on. There's a ton of fun ones. You can find them all on adamraccoon.com, and they are a great great book series. Kids love these. Every time I've read them, kids just glued to the pages and listening to the story and can't stop listening. All right. So number four is the Forest of Faith book series by Susan Jones and Lee Holland. Now these books I feel like can best be described as heartwarming. They are really cute illustrations of little forest animals, woodland creatures 
who are learning things from different parts of the Bible. So in this one I'm looking at right now, it's an Easter egg hunt for Jesus. It's really cute. And then there's also one called an Easter gift for Jesus. His love lifts us up. There's Christmas ones. There's a birthday party for Jesus. They have a whole bunch of different ones. And I just love the illustrations are really cute little woodland creatures. In the one I'm looking at, the little creatures are creating an Easter balloon and they're taking (laughs) off in a hot air balloon. It's really cute. But anyway, I would say that these are probably for uh, older preschool, maybe, or like lower elementary, maybe up to like first grade. All right. And number three is Tales That Tell the Truth series. So this series, there's a bunch of different books about different stories in the Bible. So ones I'm looking at right now, we have The Garden and the Curtain and the Cross, which is a story about Jesus' death and resurrection. And the illustrations, again, I just love this. This one that I'm looking at has like a jungle theme around the cover. And inside, the illustrations just really bring this story to life. So I just love the characters and the illustrations in there. Another one that's a part of this series is Goodbye to Goodbyes, which is a story about Jesus and Lazarus and when Jesus brings Lazarus back to life and processing that story. So that would be a great one you could plug in if you were telling that story in your lesson that week. And then another one that we really love from the series is God's Very Good Idea, which is a story about different people that God has made and just how all of us are loved by God. So lots of books in that series. Those are just a few that we really love. So number two is the Very Best Bible Stories series. Now, these books, I love them because of the illustrations. When I'm looking at different books for our preschool and our nursery and our early elementary kids, I'm always looking for books that accurately and historically, biblically depict the people as they would have been. So in the book I'm looking at right now, Deborah and the Very Big Battle, I love the illustrations because Deborah is depicted in a historically accurate way as a woman of color. And so Deborah, throughout this story, she stands up, you know, and she is a leader throughout the story and tells the people to follow God. And I love these books because they take the kids through the story of scripture and they do it in a fun way with some great illustrations and there's a lot of fun parts where words are really large on the page and so you can kind of shout those words and the kids can repeat after them and so these books go through it there's a ton of them that go through different bible stories and so you can pick these up they're a great one they're on amazon and you can find the link to these in the show notes below and now sarah the number one number one the number one book series for preschool aged kids these are awesome when i first saw these books i was looking (laughs) at them and i was flipping them over and i'll tell you why i was flipping them over and then flipping them back over because this book series is called the flip side stories series by dandy daily mackle and these books are awesome because they tell each Bible story from two perspectives. Mm. So, for instance, one of them is called Jonah and the Fish. And if you flip the book over to the other side, it's a story called The Fish and Jonah. Oh. And so it tells the story from the fish's perspective, and it tells the story from Jonah's perspective, and it all meets in the middle. 
And so oh, these cool. are fun to tell the kids, to read them to them, and then have the kids flip the story around and you do it again and hear the story a second time, which reinforces... Story with a twist. The story learning them. A literal physical twist <laughs> as you twist it around. So they have one on the story of Jonah. There's also one on the lost lamb and the good shepherd, or the good shepherd and the lost lamb. <laughs> And the other one they have is Zacchaeus and Jesus, or Jesus and Zacchaeus. I love that. Those are fun ones from Tyndale Kids. These are great books that you will definitely want to have. The art is incredible. It looks like a cartoon, the way that they've drawn all the pictures throughout. And I absolutely love those. So I try and fit those in whenever we tell those Bible stories. So obviously we've narrowed this down to 15 series or individual books, but there are so many out there. So many more. So we definitely encourage you to explore. It is no mystery that we love puzzles and escape rooms, and it's also not a surprise that we love fun activities that create a space for kids to discover the God of the universe who loves them very much. So... We decided to create the Christmas devotional book of our childhood dreams, a puzzle-packed, code-cracking, fun-filled 31 Days of Discovery right out of the Kidman Creatives Workshop. Unlocking Christmas, 31 Days of Devotions for Kids is a Christmas adventure kids won't forget. Each day, kids will journey through the biblical story of Christmas, discovering the birth of the Savior and the love of God. Along the way, they'll have to use their best code-cracking skills to solve the clues and mysteries, unlocking secret kindness missions, ways they can encourage others, and applications from Scripture. Each day holds something different for kids to explore, and even when they think they found every clue, there might be one more hiding somewhere. Kids will love journeying through all 31 days of Christmas devotions, decoding the truth that God loves them very much. This book is perfect for kids ages 6 to 11. There are coloring pages, mazes, devotions, Bible stories, and all kinds of secret codes to decipher. But the best part is that kids are going to discover the story of the birth of Jesus, starting way back with the prophecy from Isaiah in Isaiah 9-6, all the way through Jesus being presented at the temple in Luke 2. My favorite part of this book are all of the super secret hidden puzzles. A lot of the codes we've given kids instructions for, but some of them are hidden with no instructions. I wanted to put these in for kids who love an extra challenge and discovering every last puzzle. For me, the best part of the book is probably a toss-up between two puzzles. I really love the sheep maze, where kids have to help the shepherds find the city of Bethlehem right through a flock of sheep. But I also really love the Christmas emoji decoder puzzle. Kids have to decode the puzzle and discover a secret Christmas kindness mission they must complete before bedtime using the Christmas emojis. You can find Unlocking Christmas 31 Days of Devotions for Kids available on Amazon.com today. Oh yeah, and Merry Christmas from the Kidman Creatives. Here's a few things to think about if you want to incorporate reading books to kids in your ministry. You know, I will just say this. 
I know a lot of times it can be really easy to want to put on a Bible story video or turn on a video that explains something, but I think there's something special about sitting down with the kids and reading a book together. There's more interaction to it. It allows you to pause and interact with the kids by asking them questions Mm -hmm. and helping them think through what they are hearing. So I really recommend thinking about adding book reading to your preschool time or your nursery time. Here's a few tips to keep in mind as you add reading books to kids into your children's ministry. So number one, pick books for your group. You definitely want to think ahead of time about what books you're going to pick out for the kids in your group. If you just grab one off the shelf to read, that can be fine, but how much better would it be if you can find a book that relates to the main idea of the day or ties in with that Bible story that you mm. told earlier in the in the morning? You also want to preview books ahead of time so you can make sure that they fit in with the theology of your church. Hmm. So I will often spend time, like we mentioned, reading these books (laughs) in the Christian children's book section at the local bookstore. I'll take like a stack of them to the like easy chairs and sit down and just read through tons of them because I do want to make sure that they fit in with the statement of faith at our church. Most books you come across will probably be generic enough that they will work great in any church, but every now and again, you might find something that presents a different stance than your church may hold. So, for example, you know, your church might not let kids participate in communion, and there may be a picture book that you love everything else about, but it includes a scene where a child takes communion. So that may not be the best book for a church context that doesn't let kids participate in communion until they're older. So you kind of want to think about, does this book fit with the theological statement of faith that we have? The other thing you might want to think about is the age range of the books you're using. Many books have an age that they are geared for, printed on the back of the book, or often on a website where you purchase them. It will give you a a little listing of the age range that the book is appropriate for. So you definitely want to make sure that the book would be developmentally appropriate for the kids in your group. And you also want to be aware of any parts of the book that might be too scary for the kids in your church if they get a little scared. Tell us more about that, Sean. What? I'm not talking from personal experience. (laughs) No, one time we read a book where the main character got lost in a forest and has to remember the way out. Uh And at the end of the story, a character representing the Good Shepherd arrives and brings the main character out of the forest like the story of Jesus that he told about the shepherd searching for the lost sheep. Well, after we finished reading the story, one kindergarten-aged boy said to me, That was really scary, Pastor Sean, with just really (laughs) wide eyes, and he was shaking just a tiny bit. Aw, poor little guy. (laughs) I realized, uh uh-oh, that book might have been a little better for maybe older-aged kids if this kindergartner was a little afraid of it. So you definitely want to think about that as you pick out your books. All right, so number two, we recommend reading the book ahead of time out loud. It really helps for you as the reader to practice reading it out loud ahead of time and hear how you read it out loud. That will help you to understand how the book sounds in your voice and it can help you discover parts where maybe it's a little tricky to read it out loud or maybe you get a little tongue-tied. For me, this is really helpful. (laughs) I 
I always have trouble when I'm reading out loud. I was that kid who was like, please don't call me to read out loud. I do not want to do that. So I always need to practice to make sure that like it flows nicely. And also it can help you pick out where you need to emphasize things or maybe slow down so the kids have some time to take in the imagery. So the more familiar you are with the book, the easier it will be when you're reading in that live setting. So number three, use volume, voices, and speed to vary the story. If you read the story in a monotone voice, you will definitely <laughs> lose the kids who are listening. No, seriously, though, I firmly believe... It'll be nap time. Yeah, I firmly believe everyone can change their voice even in a small way. What? <laughs> even if it's just moving your voice to a whisper. Or it's getting really loud. Whatever way, even if it's just changing your volume, you can change your voice at least a little bit to help tell what is happening in the story in a fun way that keeps the attention of the kids who are listening. I also love coming up with voices for each character and using those <laughs> as I tell the story. However, if you do use voices, try to find ones that won't strain your voice Beware. by page 20. <laughs> Especially if that particular character has a lot of dialogue throughout the book. If you're reading part of a story that maybe is a little more exciting and action-packed, you want to pick up the pace just slightly. If you're reading a part of the story that's a little sadder, maybe slow down just a tiny bit. Use pauses at the end of sentences to emphasize the story points. You could also add in a puppet friend can be another way to <laughs> yes, tell the story puppets. in an engaging way. You could have that puppet that visits the group specifically for story time each week or something like that. You can use these techniques to keep your story reading interesting to the kids who are listening. Number four is set up the reading space. So for this, you really just want to think about how are the kids going to sit while they are listening to the story. So sometimes you may have them coloring while you're reading, or maybe you have them sitting and paying attention while you read, but you want to think through what that space looks like where you are sitting to read the story. So we recommend using maybe Velcro circles or stars for the kids if you're reading to them and you want to be able to show them the pictures and that kind of thing. This way you can space the kids out and they have a special spot to sit while the book is being read. It also allows kids to have fewer distractions from those around them or from the toys that might be in that room. So if the, <laughs> if the kids are sitting way too close to each other, they will start to fidget and mess around and maybe not listen as well. So you want those, those dots really help to keep the kids kind of separate. Another thing to think about is having enough space for the kids to be able to see the book you are reading. Yes. So, and like Sean was saying, as you're reading, you want to pause and make sure you give adequate time for the kids to see the, the pages or the illustrations. So I like to take the book, flip it around, and then show it to them in a circle, around the half circle is what we have, and take a moment for them to take it in, ask them questions about the illustration, say, hey, can you see the donkey in this illustration? Or where's baby Jesus? Where's Jesus's mom? You know, you can ask some questions to engage them. I'm probably going into another point now. So I'm going to back up here. But oh, yes. um, you don't want to hear Miss Sarah, I can't see the pictures because they will tell you they will let you they know. will tell you. Yep, it's very true. <laughs> Which this does lead into number five, practice holding the book. Now that sounds a little bit weird. 
But when you are reading to kids, you actually want to hold the book kind of to one side, like slightly on your left or slightly on your right. So you are actually bending around a little bit to read the page. And depending on your preference, you might want to like play with it to see what's best for you. But that way the kids will be able to see the pictures on the pages you are reading from as you read. If you hold the cover of the book so it is always facing the kids, kids are going to lose interest as you read the story. Or they will come up and sit right next to you. <laughs> oh yeah, they will come up and stand right at your ear and breathe down your neck <laughs> as they're looking at the pictures. <laughs> if you've practiced the story enough though, you'll be able to read it from the side while remembering some key moments that allow you to make eye contact with the kids as you read. Mm. I like making eye contact so that way I can widen my eyes at like a surprising part of the story or kind of grimace if something is silly or not <laughs> going so well. And that helps the kids to engage with the story and with you. So the way I suggest doing this is taking one hand and putting it on the outside of the cover and the other hand across your chest and holding the other end of the book. That to me is one of the best ways to hold it so all the kids can see it. You can lean around and take a look and read the pages as well. Number six is engage the kids with the book. So if there are interactive elements of the book, well, really, even if there aren't, you can make interactive. Yep. Like I was saying, you can ask them questions, tell them to point to a page. Definitely play up the natural parts of the book that call for interaction. One great example is the book Sean mentioned, Coco's Cranky Christmas. <laughs> because that one has lots of interactive moments where the kids have to shake the book or take it to the other side of the room, turn it upside down. So this is a place where you could invite maybe one child to come forward and help interact with the book or maybe take turns. Another way that you could encourage interaction is to use onomatopoeia. What? Onomatopoeia. A what? Onomatopoeia. <laughs> uh, side note, I actually like aced a fifth grade spelling bee because I knew how to spell this word. Uh, what? It was like you a, did? It was like a bonus word on I don't a spelling think I knew test. That. Yeah, so anyway, props to me. <laughs> Just kidding. Can um, you spell humble? <laughs> uh, no. So this is when words that are spelled like what they sound like. So words like crack or zip or boom or thud. Um, words that are sounds. So if those words are written on a page with the illustrations, you can have the kids say it all together as you point to the word. Or you can emphasize the word in how you speak. So this will help the kids learn to start recognizing some of those sight words as well as they interact with the story. So there's lots of options for building engagement with the book. And then number seven, ask questions afterwards. Don't just shut the book and put it on the shelf and say, okay, let's go color or play. But when you finish reading the book, just ask like one or two questions. It doesn't have to be like, all right, we're going to do a 50 minute Bible study now on this book we just read. But just ask them a couple questions like, what was your favorite part of that book? Or ask them, what did you learn about God in that book? If there are any discussion questions, a lot of times these books will come with a couple of questions at the very back you can ask kids. Use those questions. Basically, you just want the kids to engage with the story you've read by having them think about it afterward. This will help connect the story in their mind to what they've discovered about God through the book and throughout the day as you've had them in kids church or preschool, Sunday school, or whatever setting that you're reading these books in. Well, I think, Sarah, it's time for people to go build that book wish list. Oh, yes. For their preschool, early elementary, or nursery spaces. And until next time, we'll see you all later.
Bye. Bye. If you like what you've been hearing, leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. You can also find us on Instagram for set photos and more ideas at the Kidman Creatives. You can also visit us online at thekidmancreatives.com, where you'll find all of our past episodes as well as resources and freebies you can use in your Kidman today. The Kidman Creatives is a podcast hosted by Sean and Sarah Stevenson. Scripture quotations are taken from the Holy Bible, New Living Translation, copyright 1996, 2004, 2015 by Tyndale House Foundation. Used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers, Inc., Carroll Stream, Illinois, 60188. All rights reserved. Until next time, bye everybody!